I think we'll be all right. Amen. The carefree life. And uh, last night we got an opportunity to uh, be on uh, the Cape radio station, also known as the Talk Radio 702 in Johannesburg. And we were basically talking about the state of the church and uh, they wanted to know if God wants us to prosper and uh, give each other good gifts and so on and so forth. You will get an opportunity to listen to that. Amen. What's going on? One, two, one, two. Okay. Let's try and fix this. All right. Amen. And uh, we are still talking about how God wants us to live a life that is free of worry. Amen. It is the desire, it is the will of our Heavenly Father for us to live a life that is free of worry. Amen. Okay, let's get rid of this. It is the, our Heavenly Father's desire for us to live a life that is free of worry. And we went to Matthew chapter number 6 verse 25 and Jesus clearly said that do not worry about what you shall eat wherewith you shall be clothed and where you shall sleep amen so we know exactly based off of that scripture that god does not want his children to live a life of anxiety and to live a life of worry amen, amen. and we also went to first peter chapter number five verse seven and the bible clearly said for us to cast how many i didn't hear that it says for us to cast all our cares on him and that that word cares means worries anxieties stresses and so on and so forth and the bible clearly says for us to cast them unto the lord why because he cares for us and if you go to philippians chapter number four from verse six seven and eight the bible is clear again the apostle paul writing to the church at philippi said be anxious for how many things nothing in other words do not worry about anything notice the bible is not saying there are no things for you to worry about he didn't say that he said even in the midst of all these things that you should care for worry about and be anxious about the bible still clearly says be anxious for nothing pastor but i just got fired from my job it didn't change the scripture be anxious for nothing amen pastor i'm going through a divorce it didn't change anything that the scripture says while in the midst of all that you're going through scripture clearly says be anxious for nothing but in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving make all your requests known unto god and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in or through Christ Jesus. Finally, my brethren, he said, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen. Those were our foundational scriptures. And we found out that 60 to 90% of doctor's visits in South Africa are stress-related. Amen? And this is why we should teach about how God wants you to live a life that is free of stress. It is our Heavenly Father's will 
that we live a life that is free of stress in this world. See, I went to church for a very long time, and what was strange about it is that, you know, I would go through stuff, and uh, I would go for counseling, and uh, one of the things they kept telling me was that it's going to get better in the sweet by and by, or the sweet by and by. Amen? But the problem with that was I was not in the sweet by and by. I was in the sweet now and now. And life was beating me left, right, and center. And I needed something, at least someone, to work with me to at least show me in Scripture that I could do something about it. You know what? I didn't know anything about all these Scriptures that I just read and quoted. But I knew there was something wrong with me being anxious and worrying all the time. In fact, the doctors will tell you when you live a life that is full of worry, you will, your body, your immune system will, be, will start to attack your own body. It's called an autoimmune disease. And this is why God never intended, He never designed you to live a life that is full of worry. Amen. Someone shout, no more worries. And again, I have to tell you, I'm not saying there are no things for you to worry about. But just choose to go the way of the Word of God. You can say amen to that. Another statistic, every day an estimated 21 South Africans commit suicide. I thought someone was going to say, oh. Because <laughs> that's a lot, amen? 21 commit suicide. According to expect, stress could be a significant contributing factor. What does this mean? This means 7,582 die annually from stress-related suicide. And here is what's strange. Ten times of this figure attempt to commit suicide every day. So there are 200 that attempt to commit suicide. Only 21 succeed. This is why the church should teach about how you can get rid of stress, anxiety, and worry based on scripture. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you, I went to church for a long time and uh, for the charismatic church, you just get there and they'll tell you how blessed you are. Blessed. You are blessed coming in. You are blessed going out. And then I would walk out and stress would attack me and I didn't know anything to do with it. They would come and say, the glory is falling. It's about to fall. Or something like, God is getting ready to do something. Have you ever heard that one? God is getting ready to bless you. God is getting ready. To... And every Sunday, God is getting ready. And I got frustrated with the God that's always getting ready to do something and never does it. Amen. God is getting ready to bless you. And then I found out in Scripture that God was not getting ready to do anything. He had already done it by grace. The Bible says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, already blessed us with how many? All spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And then, man, I started reading my own Bible. Man, it helps to read your own Bible. I started seeing things that they never preached. And it changed my life. Amen? People used over 253 million rand on antidepressants. You're not going to use any penny after today. Amen? And we've been talking about the 16 things you can do when worry attacks you. And we talked about prayer. We talked about praise. We talked about a whole lot. And today we are going to discuss the final four. 
Now, if you are not here in the past uh, three weeks, please make sure you get the MP3. Amen? So that you can catch up. So today, number 13, stay in fellowship with God. Stay in fellowship with God. While God is omnipresent, His manifest presence is not everywhere. Amen? Go with me now to Luke chapter number 15. Luke chapter number 15. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Someone shout, I will live my life worry-free, regardless of what I go through. Because God commanded for me to live my life in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. You know what that means? That means when you do the math, when you look at your life and do the math, it does not make sense for you to be peaceful. It doesn't make sense for you to sleep at night. But you will still do it. You know why? Because His peace surpasses. It goes way beyond what you can comprehend. It goes past your understanding. Amen? By the way, happy uh, Heritage Day. I had come to church looking like a European and then brother, brother Tate blessed me with some heritage stuff. Amen? So, so I'm African at least, you know. Glory to God. Luke 15. From verse 11. Listen what it says quickly. And a certain man had two sons. How many? And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, he took his journey into a far country and wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want see every time you leave the father's manifested presence i'm talking about the father's fellowship with you you are going to be in want you might have money but you will still be in want see because lack is not money i know a lot of millionaires who are still living their lives in lack because lack is a mindset it is a poverty mentality remember paul said i have learned to be abound and i have learned to be a base poverty is taught you could win the lotto today but if you are a poor man <laughs> you will stay poor with a million dollars in your account in fact you will fight prosperity to make sure that you go back to poverty hallelujah so this is what this man did now question was this man still the father's son i didn't hear that See, you can still be in relationship with God and not be in fellowship with Him. Those are two different things. A lot of church folk are in relationship with the Father, but they are not in fellowship with Him. And because of that, there are so many scriptures that they cannot claim a hold of. Psalm 91 speaks of a man who is in fellowship with God. Amen? Blessed is he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God. He shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, He is my uh, 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 fortress. In Him will I trust. Surely He will deliver me out of all the noisome pestilence. Amen. Because I put my trust in Him and I am in fellowship with Him. 
fellowship with God speaks of you being in a place of of uh, uh, a manifest presence in God. It speaks of you being in a place of God's shelter. That's why the Bible says, uh, "He who dwells in the secret place." It did not say, "He who visits the secret place." A lot of folk visit the presence, the manifested presence of God during praise and worship, an exciting praise and worship session. They just visit, you know, and they get tickled. And they get a goosebump and they fall under the anointing they get up they leave the manifest presence of god and therefore they leave their lives defeated hallelujah but to the man who lives in fellowship with god the bible says a thousand will fall at his side and ten thousand at his right hand side but it will not come near him no plague will come near his dwelling amen so tell your neighbor, stay in fellowship with God. Hallelujah. The second thing you need to do is to rebuke fear. The world says a little fear is good because it pushes you. Well, let's find out what the Bible says. Second Timothy chapter number five, verse chapter number one, verse seven. Second Timothy. 1 verse 7. If you have it, say I have it. Alright, we'll wait for you. Second Timothy chapter number 1 verse 7. <laughs> the enemy will bring to you a lot of things for you to step into worry and into anxiety. He will give you a lot of opportunities to step into worry and anxiety and stress. Just don't take them. As you walk out of here, you're going to get another opportunity to worry and step into fear. Just ignore that opportunity. And when you cast all your cares on him, leave them there. So the problem with the church is we cast all our cares on him. And before we leave him, we look at that care and we say, but it doesn't make sense for me to walk out of here without this worry. I should be worried. And then we go back to God and say, you know, Lord, um, that worry that I gave you, May I please have it back because it does not make sense for me not to worry. So when you cast all your cares, leave them there. And there are some people in your life who are not going to understand why you're not worried. That's the Christian life. Hallelujah. Watch what it says. Second Timothy chapter number 1 verse 7. For God who? God. God. Not man, not your friend, not your cousin, not your girlfriend. God, the ultimate, superior, the sovereign God, hath not given us the spirit of fear. God has not given you the spirit of fear. So every time you sense fear in your life, it is not a gift from God. I'll give you two chances to guess whose gift it is to you. It is a gift from the devil. Amen. I said amen. Fear is not from God. Fear paralyzes us from acting on God's word. This is why the Bible has 365 fear knots. One for every single day. As you wake up in the morning, God deposits into your life a fear knot. 
The first thing that Jesus says to his disciples as the boat was sinking was, Fear not. Go with me to Matthew chapter number 35. Mark chapter number 4 from verse 35. Thank you, Jesus. But God has given us the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Someone shout, I receive it. See, it's one thing for God to give it, but it's another for you to receive it. God has given it. All you have to do is receive it. Amen. Mark chapter number 4 from verse 35. I have to rush. This series has to finish today. Next week it's going to be exciting. I'm telling you. It's going to be awesome. We have Stacey's fellow here as well as we deal with relationships. It's going to be fun. Mark chapter number 4 verse 35. So it's going to be a different service. Thank you, Jesus. See, I like the practical stuff. After the tongues are done and we walk out of here, man, you have to know what to do with life. <laughs> Those of you who are married, after all oh, the tongues are done, the worship songs are done, and so on and so forth, you have to look at each other and still love each other. Man, as Christ love the church that means to sacrifice for your wife you have to be ready to die for her i know sometimes you wake up and you think what did i get myself into <laughs> but guess what you made a commitment you made that vow and you have to know how to do it and paul tells you how to do it did you know that people just need to pick up their bibles and start reading one of the things he tells you is don't go to bed angry it says don't let the sun dip while you're angry and if you implemented that in your marriage, your marriage would fly. But some of you would rather pray in tongues fast while you maintain your anger. <laughs> See, Christianity is simple, man. He tells it to you, you do it. It's as simple as that. If God says it, we do it. And guess what? Life gets better. Don't get spooky. Don't try to figure out what the number three stands for. You know, the number seven is that we did all of that. It does not produce. Just get into the Bible. Simplify it. Get an instruction from the word. Do it. And get results. See, because people out there cannot interpret tongues. They cannot discern that your tongues are from third heaven. But they can see that your marriage is not working. They will see that. They don't need discernment. They can see that you're broke. Amen. So the greatest ministry to the people out there is fruit. And how do you get fruit? Get his word and start doing it. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you, this is awesome. Matthew chapter number 4 verse 35. And the same day when evening was come, he said unto the disciples, let us pass over unto the other side notice jesus did not say let us go halfway and drown did you see that said we're going to the other side so it doesn't matter what happens in between if god says we're going to the other side we will go to the other side it doesn't matter what it looks like if god says you are the head and not the tail you will be the head and not the tail don't get caught up on the circumstance and what's taking place in your life get caught up in what god is saying and hold on to the profession of his word without wavering and it will produce life in your life say amen to that and when they had sent the multitude away they took him even as he was in the ship and they were also with him at the little ships and there arose a great storm of wind 
and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Can you picture that? I mean, the water started coming into the boat so that the boat was almost full. And these were not Mickey Mouse people. These were fishermen. Fishermen don't get easily frightened. This must have been real. Amen? But watch what happens. What verse am I in? 38. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. This is how I picture it. Jesus was sleeping in a pool of water. It didn't faze him that the water was coming into the boat. He's busy sleeping. Are you kidding me? Watch what happens. And they wake him up and said unto him, Master, do you not care that we are about to perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And what happened to the wind? It ceased and there was great calm. And then he turned to his disciples and he said, You know, guys, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I fell asleep. You know, I, I almost got you into trouble. I'm, I'm so sorry. My, my bad. Is that what he said? He turned around to his disciples and he says, Guys, you know, I shouldn't have fallen asleep. I shouldn't even have asked us to cross this sea uh, without checking the weather forecast. Guys, it's my bad. I'm so sorry, guys. Please, 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 please forgive me. Is that what Jesus said? He didn't say that. He rebuked them. He rebuked them. What did Jesus say to them? Why are you so fearful? Step out of fear. How is it that you have no faith? I can't understand that. How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the winds obey him? Jesus had no fear in him regardless of what's going on. You know why? Because he knew that the spirit of fear, the source of the spirit of fear is not God. It's the devil. So when fear comes, you rebuke it. Someone shout fear. I rebuke you out of my life right now in Jesus name I will not fear I will not be dismayed I will not be discouraged but I will stand in faith in Jesus name today I choose to live my life based on faith my eyes are focused on the Lord and because of that my life is safe, sound, and secure. That's what your life is. He said you shall tread upon scorpions. He says if by any means you drink any deadly poisonous thing, it shall not harm you. Christianity is not for wimps. It's for soldiers. This is why David said I can run through a troop and scale over walls. This is why Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. This is why Paul said, get up, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand. Christianity is for people that put their feet in the sand and stand. Never be moved. This is why the apostle Paul said to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Christianity is for warriors. 
over the years man we've poured water on it and just you know made it a, 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 a religion it's not even a religion it's a relationship we made it a religion for wimps you know just you know people that get together and cry about how terrible it is and never do anything about it you know in, in fact the way you come in is just so sneaky you know they say everybody please close your eyes and bow your heads and then whoever wants to sneak into the kingdom of god without you looking are you kidding me while everybody's looking do you want to make it see if you sneak into the kingdom like that you're going to go to one of these middle eastern countries where islamic i'm talking about extreme islamic they're going to want to kill you and ask you to defer from christianity most people who sneak into the kingdom of god will do it while everybody is closed and every head bowed without everybody looking at you because we know you are ashamed of jesus christ but we're going to do you a favor just to sneak you in through the back door and then you it's not for whims what are you talking about why everybody's looking can you make a decision to follow jesus christ as your lord and savior all of the days of your life and as you do that you come in that way man i'm telling you if the devil's coming to your house you're kicking his backside if you come in that way you can still boldly say no you know these things are a more than a conqueror yeah. but most people when they get attacked where do you have pastor's number <laughs> can you imagine peter saying uh, uh, you know those guys man they went through terrible persecution can you imagine uh, uh john john they couldn't kill john you, you guys know that john the the, the revelator they couldn't kill him they tried to put poison in his food he ate it and lived they took out gouged his eyes he still lived they uh hung him uh, upside down on a cross crucified still couldn't die i mean <laughs> he just didn't want to die you know and then they um uh, uh isolated him at the isle of patmos he was a strong man he just told the man i'm not gonna die i'll die when i'm ready even jesus christ who is your lord you think jesus christ was a wimp no, he was no wimp man jesus christ he told them he said no one takes my life no 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 nobody takes my life i lay it down for the ones that i love this thing was never meant for wimps someone shout i'm no wimp amen the next thing you need to do when worry comes is to fast tell your neighbor fast <laughs> fasting does not change god it changes us See, if you're fasting for a job, you've gotten it all wrong. A lot of people fast for a husband, fast for a job. No, you don't fast for something. Amen? A lot of people have this picture of God, you know, this old grumpy granny who's sitting in heaven and just looking at you and he's thinking, okay, you haven't suffered enough, so I won't give you a blessing. No, 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 that's not God. The reason why we fast is so that we can subdue our flesh and become sensitive to our spirit. Fasting does not change the plans of God. It does not change God. It changes us. We become more attuned to God's frequency when we fast. When you don't fast, your flesh takes over. It begins to grow and grow and grow and it becomes louder than the voice of the Spirit. But when you're fasting, you're training yourself to subdue your flesh so that your spirit can rise and become clearer in your spiritual ears amen a lot of people that don't fast you know the challenge that they have they, they 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 let their body just tell them what to do you know your body tells you it's time for chocolate what do you do you go and get chocolate and then your body tells you it's time for 
uh, KFC, what do you do? You go and get KFC. You know that craving. <laughs> and then the, your body tells you it's lunchtime. You go and get lunchtime. And then your body tells you it's flu season. We want to get sick. And then that's when you want to turn around and tell your body, be healed in Jesus' name. And your body says, ah, chief. <laughs> chief. Have you forgotten who's in charge? You now have the audacity to tell me what to do. I've been telling you what to do for the past six months. Now today, June 27, you want to tell me to be healed. No, chief. I'm in charge, not you. And then they wonder, why does my body not respond to me? Because your body is in charge. Don't let your body be in charge. Amen? And fasting subdues your body so that your spirit can come alive. Amen. 2013, I was traveling to the U.S. and I, I got to uh, uh, the Chicago airport. And as I walked in, man, uh, if you know anything about Dunkin' Donuts, man, they make some good donuts. And at the time, man, I wanted to get rid of my port belly. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And uh, I had made a decision that I wasn't going to eat donuts or any fried foods and so on and so forth. And you know what happens? As I get to the airport and walk out to check into the domestic uh, side of the airport, I saw Dunkin' Donuts right in front of me. And I started walking fast. Man, I didn't even know who was in control. I started walking fast. And I started pacing. And I started running, man. Towards Dunkin' Donuts. And there was a long queue. And I joined the queue. And um, I'm waiting in the queue. And then the donut started speaking to me. Welcome back. Welcome to America, baby. And then they started speaking to me. You know you want me. <laughs> and I'm standing in the queue, man. They started speaking louder. And then I heard on the inside of me a voice say, Man, you have to be disciplined. You, you have to make decisions and stick with them. Integrity is saying something and stick with it. And then as, as, as the voice started speaking to me, man, I just started backpedaling. Just backpedaling, man. And then I just walked away. And as I walked away, right in front of me was uh, the coffee shop. What is it called? Starbucks. Man, and I could smell it. But that one I partook. Because the Bible says if you drink any deadly poisonous thing... <laughs> It shall by no means harm you. Amen. <laughs> I had a scripture for it. So fasting makes us spiritually sensitive. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Matthew chapter number 17. Man, we have three minutes. Matthew chapter number 17. Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter number 17 from verse 14. Watch what it says. And when they were come to the multitude, they came to him, a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples. They could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Jesus was annoyed because the church could not provide a solution for a problem. A real long-term solution. And Jesus sits in heaven looking at the church. We are the solution center. If we don't fix this world, nobody else can. Now I'm not saying nobody will. They will try, but they can't do it. It is God and his children that can fix this. This is why Jesus Christ was annoyed. And Jesus rebu rebuked the devil and it departed out of him. And the child was cured 
from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said, It is because of your what? I didn't hear that. Because of what? Because of unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder, place it, place, and it shall remove. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Amen. Notice Jesus said it is because of your unbelief. But if you're reading in the new, nearly inspired version, NIV, amen. Not really inspired, but you know, they have a couple of mistakes in there. And uh, we found out why recently. They say it is because of your little faith. Jesus would have contradicted himself if it was because of little faith. Amen. Because he then said if your faith is as small as a mustard seed. So he's saying small faith can accomplish much. So that's a wrong translation. It is because of your unbelief. Why? Because unbelief and faith are not mutually exclusive. You can have both unbelief and faith. This is why the father of the, the, the centurion went to Jesus and said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. So your unbel unbelief overwhelms your faith if you entertain it. And fasting cures unbelief. How do we know that? Because Jesus said, uh, in verse 21, How be it this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. It is not the kind of demon. A lot of people thought, hey, Baba. There are kinds of demons that you need to fast and pray. That's not what he's saying. You see that? He's saying this kind of unbelief. The problem is not the devil. The problem is us. The problem is right between your head. Amen? That's where unbelief goes and conquers. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So fasting helps us to overcome unbelief. Fasting is a cure for unbelief. Amen. As we close, the next thing you need to do when worry comes into your life is to submit to God's will. Go with me quickly now to Luke chapter number 22, verse 40. Luke 22, verse 40. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Watch what it says in verse 40. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that you enter not into temptation. This was one when Jesus was about to be crucified. And the Bible says he was greatly distressed. So worry had almost gotten a hold of him. How did he cure that? The Bible says he was withdrawn from them about a stone cast and knelt down and prayed. So he prayed to cure worry and stress, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Always fight to submit yourself under the will of God. Before you do something that's irrational, check if it's in the will of God. Check if it's in line with God's will. Pastor, you don't understand. They wronged me. They said this about me. It does not make sense for me to forgive them. No, this is the perfect moment for you to say, 
not my will but yours be done and notice jesus did not say if it be your will as famously quoted no this is a statement of truth not my will but yours amen in closing james chapter number four verse seven james chapter number four verse seven and i hate worry i hate fear i hate anxiety i hate it with a passion because i know it is not our heavenly father's will for us to live that way amen watch what he says in verse seven submit yourselves therefore to god resist the devil and what will happen to you you'll flee from you all you have to do is to submit yourself to god and resist the devil when problems come into your life know that it is not god you know i know people that teach on this extreme uh sovereignty of god without understanding that god will not do anything that is contrary to his word they will say anything that happens in your life god must have allowed it no there are a lot of things that happen in our lives that god has not allowed but we have allowed because if you let it happen god will let it happen and if you resist the devil see if you don't understand that god is good and the devil is bad that's simple theology that seems complicated for most theologians listen guys god is good the devil is bad it's as simple as that it does not get deeper than that if anything bad happens in your life you don't need to fast to pray about it to find out if it is god no it's the devil and you need to stand up and fight see if you mix it up and you think oh maybe this sickness might be from god this cancer oh i'm not sure half of it is probably from god and the other half from the devil oh i'm not sure you know what you will do you will not fight because if you go out swinging you might just hit father god right because <laughs> he's the one who gave it to you but when you know that god is good and the devil is bad when anything bad happens into your life you know to resist the devil and when you resist him by submitting to god's will he will flee from you what